Welcome to the Global River Church Discipleship Teaching of the Week. We hope you enjoy today's message. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit globalriver.org. It's been very few times when I have been in ministry and ministering at churches when I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me strongly, and I don't like doing this, but I'm scared to disobey, Pastor. You know what I'm saying? And he said, take your shoes off. And I thought, was that you, God? These are beautiful boots, and I love to preach in heels. He said, take your shoes off. And I said, why? He said, because tonight you're on holy ground here. It's always holy ground here. But it's very special what's going to happen tonight. The people of God, that's you, are going to get free from even the residue of rejection off of your life. You're going to get free tonight because when we get free from rejection, we are truly then bold as lions and will realize the authority that we have as the people of God. So tonight is a powerful night where we take off the robe of rejection. And then we realize, according to the Word, because the Word of God is truth, whether you believe it or you don't, this is the truth, this is the final authority in your life is right here. And the Word says that all of us that are born-again believers have a robe of righteousness upon us. And tonight, we're going to get an understanding of what that means. And I believe without a doubt that you're going to see miracle after miracle after miracle in your families. Global River is the church of miracles. You've got a pastor that will lay hands on the dead and tell them to come forth if it's not their time. This is the place of miracle, and this is sacred ground. But sometimes God wants a speaker to realize where you're preaching. So tonight... You are not here by accident. You are not watching online by accident. Tonight is going to be life-changing for you. Everybody under the sound of my voice, this is your night to get free. Amen? Look at your neighbor say, get your Bibles out. I do honor Pastor Tom Hauser. We are so blessed in Wilmington, North Carolina, in New Hanover County, to have such a powerful man of God that walks in apostolic authority in this region. I honor Pastor Terry. Wow. Thank you, God, for that authority, that quiet authority. You don't want to unleash him on the devil. Can I get a witness here? Reminds me of my husband. I thank God for Pastor Willie. This is already an international church. Amen. So I thank God for him and his beautiful wife and all the wives of these men of God. Because they wouldn't be so special without them wives. Can I get a witness, women in the room? Come on now, let's get a witness. They wouldn't be quite so special. 
<laughs> Tonight we are taking off the final robe that I believe every person that has ever been born on planet earth has battled. The robe of rejection. The robe of rejection. In the natural, you cannot get free from this invisible robe that we carry. But in the supernatural, through the blood of Jesus Christ, there's not a robe, there's not a lie, there's not an addiction, there's not a mindset, there's not a demon that can stand against the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There is nothing. It has to bow in the name of Jesus. Some of you are fighting your children. Been there and done that. But when you will stop saying and you will start praying, you will have a breakthrough in your house. When we understand our authority that we have to pray over our seed and to truly understand we are not rejected by God because our children are in rebellion. Can I, can I get an amen out here? How many parents in the room, if you'll really be honest, have had your children go into rebellion? <laughs> Mama Pat said, oh my gosh. Well, let me tell you something. My God honors his word over your children's rebellion. Psalm 112 verse 2 says that they shall be great and mighty upon this earth. They are your seed. You can pray over your children and whether they want to receive it or not, God will start doing supernatural things. You have not been rejected, people of God. Don't back up. Don't back down. Don't get quiet. But tell it in the atmosphere what you're believing over your family because God honors words. Remember, we took off that robe of negative words. Robe of rejection. Merriam-Webster's Collegiate Dictionary defines reject as, and see if you've ever felt this, to be cast off, to refuse to be heard, to refuse to be received or admitted, not wanted, unsatisfactory. Those are lies from the enemy. Because when you are a child of God, you are royalty. You have a daddy that is the CEO of the universe. You have a father that owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Psalm 50, verse 10. You are the child of the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and he hears your prayers, and he will make sure that you'll get what you ask for. Look at your neighbor say, it's time to throw that robe off. The robe of rejection will make you think, I'm not satisfactory enough. I haven't prayed in tongues enough. I haven't read my Bible enough. That's very narcissistic. It is not about you. It is about Jesus Christ, and he has given you authority. You are righteous through him, and you can do what you need to do through him. He is not rejecting you, people of God. He has accepted you, and you have his word on it. That's what I love about the women and the men that bought this study. And you're writing out all those scriptures. You're seeing right there in black and white, this is what God says over you. I love Deuteronomy 
4.31. It says, for the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not abandon or destroy you or forget the covenant with your ancestors, which he confirmed to them by oath. See, when you get born again and you surrender your life to Christ, you literally are stepping in on a covenant by God himself that he's already made. But you must understand that at that point, Satan, the accuser of the brethren, starts coming against your mind, reminding you of every prayer that wasn't answered, but it's getting ready to be answered, reminding you of everything you've ever done wrong, telling you that you can't act like that, that you don't have authority. That's why, Bishop, we must be so full of the word that we know we have authority. Luke 10, 19 gives me authority. God cannot reject you. Man may reject you. Parents may throw you to the side. People may tell you that you are not enough. But God Almighty specializes in the weakness in this world and the foolishness in this world so he can prove how powerful his word is and how powerful his people are. He is not rejecting you. Hold on a little bit longer with them prayers you're praying. Keep decreeing and declaring. God has not forgotten you. His ear is not deaf and his hand is not short. Some of you are standing right before the biggest breakthrough in your life and the enemy's attacking you and attacking you and attacking you and telling you that you can't make it, you tell him you've already made it, that you have the victory, that your God will never reject you. You are what the Word of God says you are. And you can do what the Word of God says you can do. You are a powerful warrior. I love Deuteronomy 7 verse 6 in the Message Bible. And the Holy Spirit said, speak a lot of word tonight. You speak a lot of word over my people. My people have been wounded. My people are tired. They need word. You are a people set apart as holy to God. Your God. God chose you out of all the people on earth for himself. As a cherished and a personal treasure. There is nothing like knowing that your daddy in heaven looks down upon you and he is so pleased with you. I mean, how many of us remember the kickball in elementary school and you're lining up and of course the two popular kids are the two captains and the rest of us are standing there and I was very lanky. I wasn't like Michael, our athlete here. I was very lanky, and I couldn't kick the ball well. So I'm always standing up there last, it seemed. Not chosen. But I've been chosen by God now. Whether I can kick a ball, whether I can hold a ball, no matter what I can do in the natural, in the supernatural, I'm a personal treasure by God. So it doesn't matter who chooses me. Because when you understand that your daddy is God, you can look at everybody in love and say, I am the chosen of God. It changes everything. When you realize you are not rejected. 
The enemy spends our entire childhood on making sure we feel rejected. Our entire childhood. When you are a powerhouse, like every one of you are under the sound of my voice, then the enemy has tried to destroy you. Let me make a point. Who's tried to be destroyed by the enemy in this room? Who's the enemy tried to take out? Come on, look around. I think you see about everybody. Can I get a witness here? Because you are powerful. You are powerful. When a, a, a militia or a group of trained soldiers are coming into a city, they're not worried about the weaklings. They're not worried about somebody that can't do any harm. They go after the Navy SEALs in that city. Can I get a witness here? Look at your neighbor and say, I'm Navy SEAL for Jesus. Sometimes when I'm traveling and getting ready to get on a plane and, you know, there, it's a lot of scariness going on in, in travel and, um, you know, they're like, do, you know, no weapons allowed. And I look at my daughter and I say, I'm carrying a big sword. What are they going to do with me? She said, Mama, please, I beg of you. You think that's funny, but that's not funny. If the wrong person, I said, I, I mean my Bible, honey. That's the sword of the word of God. Can I get a witness here? We always got a weapon. We always can cut off the devil's head with speaking the word out of our mouth. That's why you got to know it. Look at your neighbor say, memorize some word. Because when you memorize word, you got a sword coming out of your mouth. And every lie from the enemy you are destroying. It's so powerful to memorize the word, to reprogram your mind to the truth. I love Zephaniah. I get amazed at people, and I've run into this with so many people in church. The truth is the church is the hospital for the sick. That's the church. That's the church. I need you to get understanding of that. Jesus said, those, I didn't come to those that don't need a physician. The last time I checked out, when I go to Zimmer Cancer Center because I have a physician there, it's because they look at me as their patient. I'm cured in the name of Jesus, and I'm cancer-free, but I still have to check in for them to hear that. I already know it. Amen. If, if you don't realize that you have wounds, that you have strongholds, that you have robes you need to get off of you, life wounds us. People wound us accidentally, even in church, hurting people hurt people. But this is a scripture because it's Zephaniah 3.18. And this is the Lord speaking through the prophet and he said, I have gathered your wounded and taken away your reproach. God has gathered all of us because we've all been wounded. We've all felt reproach. Reproach, shame over something we've done in our past. Reproach. Maybe something our children have done. Reproach. Maybe something that happened, being divorced or something. Reproach. The enemy fighting us to put reproach on us, to weight us down so we cannot move in the anointing and the power that we have. But God said, 
I have gathered my wounded. That's what we are. And then when he gathers his wounded, we find out in Isaiah 53, 5, that by his wounds, we can be healed. And we go from being wounded to the warrior to helping the wounded. That's what a Christian is. We cannot do that with a robe of rejection that is telling us God doesn't speak to us anymore. Or God is not pleased with us. We got to get rid of that as Christians. You got to understand you are not rejected. If you've messed up, you repent. If you need to rededicate your life, then rededicate your life tonight. If you need to start over, I need you to start over tonight. Because we need you to be a warrior so you can help the wounded as the church was created to do. I am shocked when people tell me. This one businessman in our community stopped by my house because he didn't like his wife with our ministry. And he said, listen, I know there's wounded people out there, but I don't want them in my house. And I remember thinking, dear God, wait a minute here. I'm glad Reverend and Roy Roy and Velma Balan, my parents, didn't mind taking in a little wounded white girl in their house and laying hands on me and tell them demons to leave me alone so I could move from the wounds. We are the church of Jesus Christ, and his specialty was the wounded. His specialty was to help those that had been damaged. His specialty was to give us new life. But we can't know that. If we think he's rejected us, we can't know that. I love that God gathers the wounded to take away your shame, to take away your rejection. The word reproach is an expression of disapproval. You are accepted in the beloved. It doesn't matter who doesn't accept you. When you realize that you are loved by God, it changes everything. But I'm not going to ever be in denial that rejection hurts. Look at your neighbor say, rejection hurts. Bullying in school damages children at the highest level it's rejection. A husband leaving a wife or a wife leaving a husband because of wanting a younger spouse and using the cliche, I'm no longer in love with you, is rejection. Those of you that haven't been married, let me give you a very, very good advice on this, I'm in love with you. I don't wake up every day of my life looking over at my six foot six hunk of burning love, Dave Costell, and thinking, Oh, I'm so in love with you. I can barely breathe. You know what I'm saying? But I love him, and I'm committed to him. And February the 23rd, we have 30 years of marriage together. Can I get a witness? But this, I'm no longer in love with you. You get a woman in menopause, she may not want to speak to you. Can I get a witness here? And just give her word and say, honey, the word says that I'm your king. And they, Sarah called Abraham Lord. You know what I'm saying? You can use the word on them to get them straight. Come on now. But I'm telling you. 
It is rejection. Rejection hurts. Parents choosing drugs and alcohol over their children is rejection. If you have been a part of that, meaning if you've been a part of it and you're a Christian, you're forgiven. Can I get a witness here? You are more than forgiven. But the children have felt rejection. Foster care. I've dealt with women in prison that have gone through 14 foster cares and nobody ever wanted them. That's rejection. That is a serious, serious wound. Rejection misses no one. A company laying off someone that's worked there 29 years and all of a sudden the company downsizes and he misses getting the retirement he was supposed to get. That is rejection. The list can go on and on and on. And I don't know about you, but when I've had a wound and rejection is a wound, what happens if we don't deal with that wound and get that wound healed, then we will start acting out behaviors because of the very wound and the feeling rejected by parents or siblings or, or students or even in church. When you come with that robe of rejection, you are waiting for people to reject you. If you do not throw that off, you will find yourself messing up every relationship you've ever been in and just feeling rejected, even at Global River, which is the most accepting and loving church you can step in. But if you've got that robe of rejection on you, it doesn't matter what church you go into, the enemy is going to make sure you are lied to. And thinking people are rejecting you. Being rejected is a soul wound. Your mind, your will, and your emotions have been so damaged. And there is only one kind of ointment that you can put on a wound in your mind. And it is in Jeremiah 8.22. You can open your Bibles there. This is an amazing verse. The prophet Jeremiah is looking around and he's seeing sick people. And he said, is there no balm in Gilead? The balm of Gilead. If I got a bad sore, the doctor's going to give me a balm to put on it, an ointment to rub on it. He said, is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of my daughter not recovered. Let me read it in the Message Bible. Are there no ointments in Gilead? Isn't there a doctor in the house? Can I get a witness? I'm going to stop right here. There is a doctor in this house. And he is named King Jesus. And I'm telling you, he is not going to turn his back on a single soul in this house. He's not going to tell anybody no in this house. But if we've got that robe of rejection on us, then we won't even ask to be healed when we need to be healed because we think God is going to tell us no. And religion will make you believe it. I'll never forget... When I was diagnosed with breast cancer the first time, within 24 hours, this lady asked, because she was very close friends to a dear friend of mine, if she could come by and pray for me. It's a very, I, I, I won't do that ever again. Because she came in and she sat on my couch across from me. I am still processing 
that I've been diagnosed with breast cancer. And I knew what to do. I played praise music. I said scriptures. I played healing scriptures all the time. But this woman came in very early. This is what happens. The enemy comes in very early to try to mess with your mind that you've done something wrong and God's rejected you. And I'll never forget what she said to me. She said, why did God put cancer on you? I said, excuse me? She said, yes, I've thought about it before I came here. She said, your book finally free. You broke a serious commandment. You have dishonored your biological parents. And she said, I'm going to ask you one more question. Do you work on the Sabbath? I said, well, I'm a preacher. What do you think I do on the Sabbath? She said, you're supposed to put your pajamas on and stay in your house. And something rose up in me. The Holy Ghost. And I remember saying, the scripture came to me. What is this sickness for the glory of God? See, if she had had an impact and made me think I put cancer on myself through disobeying God, I would have never asked him to heal me of that cancer. And the enemy has tricked some of you, and he's told you, you going through this because you did this, and God's not going to hear you. And I'm telling you, you got to be righteous. You got to be holy. You got to do this, and you got to do that. You got to be a believer in Christ, and then you got to ask him. Because when you're saved, you know it, he knows it, and everybody knows it. But when you play in church, he knows it, you know it, and everybody knows it. God will not reject you. And I said, I just heard what this sickness is for. I said, it's for the glory of God because I'm walking in healing in the name of Jesus. That very next day when, when she left and I was kind to her, I'm never mean to people. Uh, two years later, she came up to me at church and begged my forgiveness and said, I was so, so wrong. I should not have said that to you. And I said, I love you and I forgive you. You don't worry about it. She said, I don't know what, I, I, don't, I don't know. But she was full of religion. And the enemy was using religion to cast doubt that I didn't have the authority to get the healing that he had already been paid for. Can I get a pay for me? So look at your neighbor say, uh, no more rejection for me. It is so important. She wasn't gone 30 minutes. I ran to my ministry office, which was right beside my house. I got Xerox paper. I wrote in big letters. And I said, no negative words allowed here, only words of faith. Do not enter if you're not speaking word to me. A preacher's wife stopped by, knocked on the door, and she said, I promise I will only speak faith. I said, then come on in here, come on in here. I mean, I am serious about that. People can put something in your head, and if it doesn't line up with the word of God, you better get rid of it. And that God won't heal you. He has over 200 healing scriptures in the Bible. And if it's not your Hebrews 9.27 that says it's appointed for you to go to heaven, then you better believe for your healing. I don't know why his some appointments are earlier than others. But I know that God has over 200 healing scriptures in his word. 
The Word of God can heal the deepest wounds in your life and allow you to have hope again. As one that was greatly wounded from rejection. Those of you who have read my life story, you, you know the rejection that I have felt. I've had my friends that were psychologists tell me, the level of rejection you suffered at 31 is huge for you to be disowned and rejected by your mother, your father, your brothers, your sisters, and everybody to pretend you don't live anymore. And let me tell you, rejection hurts. My biological family lives 30 minutes from here. My parents have already died and gone, and they never made it right with me. But I know a God that loves me. He heard every tear I cried. He heard me get up early in the morning and cry out to him. God said, be real tonight with you and be transparent with you. He heard me get up 5 o'clock and lay on the floor and say, how could they do that? I am their daughter. How could they forget me? How could they reject me? And I will never forget crying out to God one morning. I was literally weeping on my green Bible. And the Holy Spirit said, open the Bible. And I opened the Bible. And that Bible landed on Isaiah, the 45th chapter the 49th chapter, rather, and the 15th verse. And I will paraphrase that. And it says, Can a nursing mother forget her child? Yes, they may forget you, but I will never forget you at that moment. All that severe rejection and all that hurt, I got up off that floor and I said, I am accepted. My daddy is a king and I have been adopted into the kingdom of righteousness and they may not want to be around me. They may say they're embarrassed of me, but God is my daddy now and I know he will never reject me and I've got his word on it he will never reject you I mean I would just cry out to God please God give me a word you know that desperation pastor was talking about please God give me a word I'm hurting today give me a word I've just gone to Sunday school and I've seen all these grandparents pick up their children give me a word when mine can't go see them anymore you got to be real with God you have got to be real if your mother and your father rejected you Psalm 27, 10, King David, the greatest king that ever lived, the greatest warrior that ever lived, he was so rejected by his family. Read in the scripture. His mama and his daddy put him out to the field. They were so embarrassed of him. They were rejected of him. The prophet came to the house to anoint the next king, and they didn't even call him up. And there was a giant slayer. What was he doing in those fields? He was battling rejection and knowing that God was his God. He could hear the voice of God. If man rejects you, it is the biggest setup you've ever had as a woman or a man of God to truly hear the voice of God. 
He is your father. He is your daddy. And he sent me with a strong word to say he is proud of you. He adores you. He hears your prayers. He put those desires in your heart. He gave you the dreams. You didn't come up with those dreams. God gave you those dreams. And the enemy's trying to steal them. He's your daddy. Look at your neighbor say, I'm his favorite. Come on now, say it like you mean it. Because that's the truth. And God would have people call me. And I'll never forget when I was crying out to God, what about my family? Who's my family now? And God gave me amazing parents. I'm telling you, my daughter and son, they adore their grandparents. My father's with the Lord. My mother is in a hospital right now, but we know God's going to heal her. And I'm telling you, he heard my prayer. And I remember one morning the phone rang, and it was very early, like 6.30, and that's mighty early to be calling somebody's house. And it was a dear friend of mine, and he said, Jennifer, God said to give you this verse. Open your Bible to Mark 10, 29, and 30, he said. He said, God said, you need to hear that. And that's when Peter said, Jesus, we've left everything. We don't even have nothing to go back to. Until you've left everything, you've left your old lifestyle, you've left your old friends, you've left your old way of talking, you left your old way of partying, you've left your old way. Come on now, can I get a witness here? Until you've left everything. And you don't have a right to this promise. Those of you with saved parents, you are mighty blessed. Mama Pat and Pastor Tom with these saved, anointed mamas they have, they blessed. But everybody doesn't have that. I didn't. But that verse says, when you've left everything, I will give you a hundredfold in this lifetime. Come on now. Can I get a witness here? People that don't believe God blesses people better take that out of there. Can I get a witness? A hundredfold in this lifetime. Come on now. I'm telling you. And you We'll get a hundredfold in heaven. A hundredfold. I'll never forget. I read that verse. And I've got so many mamas. Come on now. And daddies and brothers and sisters. I get on the plane. I got all kinds of family. I know when I go to Africa, when God opens that door and tells me it's all right. Can I get a witness here? Anywhere I go, I got family. If you know Jesus, you, I'm your sister. And you're supposed to love your sister. Can I get a witness here? I say, if you don't love me, something's wrong with you. Can I get a witness? Because I am full of the Holy Ghost. Can I get a witness? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself if you don't like me. Now, come on now. Let's be real. I'm kidding. But I'm just kind of kidding, right? But you get a whole big old family. Megan on the front row, a graduate of the House of Hope, my spiritual daughter, she left everybody in Lancaster. She left them all. I said, Megan, you wait and see what God gives you. Here's this scripture. You're getting a hundredfold in this lifetime. She got a car given to her. The insurance was paid for a few months. 
She got a job that blows her mind. She's getting ready to go to an apartment. God gives her. She's got her babies back. They're doing amazing. They're little medical miracles. God's healed them. Who wouldn't serve a God like that? The world's looking for the answer, and we got it. And Jesus has not rejected us, and he loves us, and you can love people. That's hard for some people. They're like, I'm private people. I'm like, well, Jesus is it, and you better get over yourself. You better talk to people. You better make them feel welcome. Can I get a witness? Because you're not rejected. And if you're so full of the Holy Ghost, if they reject you, you'll be like me. You'll realize it in three days. You won't even realize it most of the time. You have, I know. Mama Addie said it's the truth. It is. You are accepted. Don't believe the lie of the enemy. Don't believe it. Get that robe off of you. If somebody's mean to you, forgive them and say, your turn, God. You said if I forgive them, vengeance is yours. Be nice to them, but they might need a little talking to. Can I get a witness here? You have taken off the robe of fear. Who enjoyed getting that off? Robe of unforgiveness. Come on now. Robe of religion and tradition. I tell you, that's a wonderful robe to get off. Robe of negative words and complaining. I hope you women of God stopped them men in their tracks. When they started saying something negative, you said, oh, uh, uh-uh. I make that null and void in the name of Jesus. And men of God, <laughs> men of God, that wife starts talking negative. You say, huh, hold up now, baby love. We made that null and void in the name of Jesus. And when your wife walks in and she's feeling kind of puffy, you know, kind of puffy, and she says to you, how does this look? You better say, if you look any better, baby, you're going to need a bodyguard tonight. Come on now. Words are powerful. And women of God, your husband might give up some golfing or hunting or a little bit of work. When, you, when he walks in the door, you say, oh, my, 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 baby love. If you get any better looking, I'm going to just have to be with you all day long because I know everybody's thinking, look at that fine man right there. He'd say, I'm looking to the eastern sky. Who's coming in my house tonight? Jesus is coming tonight. Can I get a witness? But words are powerful. Speak them over yourself. Speak, and Megan will be a witness to this. Today I looked in the mirror and I had a thought because I was raised on a farm and I was in the sun and my, I have a lot of sun damage and I have little creases. And I looked in the mirror and I was thinking that and I said, woman of God, you're so beautiful. I can hardly stand it. Didn't I do it? I'm telling you, you got to speak it because if you don't, the enemy's going to tell you something else. When you know you fine, you know you fine. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you know you fine. Build yourself up. Even if you're limping, say, woman of God, you look good. 
I came in limping one night, and I said, Dave, I know you think this is fabulous. I'm sexy tonight, aren't I? He said, Jennifer, you, I said, don't call me crazy now. Don't call me crazy. <laughs> Words are Getting off the robe of judgment and criticism. I had a testimony right when I walked in the house tonight. Got that robe off. Hopefully you've gone a whole week without judging somebody. How about that? Think about it. That you don't have to judge what they have on, if they have a nose ring, if they have an earring. Some of these mamas get so upset. My son's got an earring. I said, well, they had them in the Bible, honey. You got to use the word. They got had them in the Bible. They're like, well, I didn't know that. I said, well, read in Exodus. It said the men took the earrings out of their ears and gave it as an offering. You got, you know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, no, she didn't just say that. Yes, I did. Don't judge your child if they got some fashionability within them. Can I get a witness here? Just because we a Christian don't mean we need to look like we in a cult. You can have some fashion now. I did not go there. But I'm fighting for you, young people. I'm fighting for you. <laughs> your pants look like a bear got a hold of you, but you paid $200 and you're looking fashionable. Can I get a witness here? <laughs> Woo! And tonight, stand to your feet. It's time to get off that robe of rejection. It's time to leave it alone. You are not going to be rejected by God. Man may reject you. You already read that. I already read it to you in Isaiah 49, 15 tonight. But God won't ever reject you. He loves you. He adores you. He died for you. These men tell these young girls, oh, baby, I would die for you. They wouldn't even go across the street for them. But yet, Jesus died for them. Died for them. There's a lot of words over people in this room tonight that I can feel on you. The reason of rejection. Somebody saying you've embarrassed the family. Please, you in the family of God. God's forgiven you. We've all messed up. Can I get a witness? Come on now. Come on now. I used to be a serious partier. I was in the clubs. I was with men. I was out there. I can't judge anybody. And I was forgiven when I became a believer. So God accepted me. And you won't convince me of anything else. So I need you to just close your eyes right now. And I apply the blood of Christ to everybody under the sound of my voice. I command in the name of Jesus every negative word spoken by parents, spoken by ourselves, that calls rejection, spoken by authority figures of anyone in any act of rejection. Any act of rejection, of making you feel unsatisfactory, 
of making you feel less than and not ever measuring up and, and just living day by day to feel like everybody rejects you. That is a robe and it has to go. We've got to get rid of that because God accepts you. And I speak under the authority of the Word of God right now in agreement with Pastor Tom. I speak in the name of Jesus Christ under the authority of the Word, Luke 10, 19, and Bishop in agreement, and we come in total agreement right now for every robe of rejection that is on the people of God. Holy Spirit, illuminate it right now. Illuminate what it feels like. Illuminate the past that it happened with. Let them go to the, the time that they felt so rejected right now because we're ripping that robe off with the blood of Jesus Christ. And I speak in the name of Jesus right now. Every robe of the enemy called rejection and scared that you are going to reject them, Lord. I command in the name of Jesus Christ all robes out of here. Leave the building. Leave the people of God. They are accepted by God. Say this. Say, I am accepted by God. The great I am. Every robe is off of me that the enemy has placed upon me. I am free of all robes of the enemy. I am ready to accept my robe of righteousness. My daddy is a king, and I wear royal robes. In Jesus' name, amen. Go to three people and say, you're free right now. Three people say, you're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. You're free. Amen. Give him a hand clap, Pastor said. Give him a hand. You're free. You're free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> Woo! You're free. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Wow. You may be seated. It's time to put on this robe called the robe of righteousness. Father God has a very special article of clothing for you. And he's given it to you tonight. Joseph's coat of many colors was beautiful, but nothing compares to the robe of righteousness that we Christians have when we are born again and know our daddy loves us. I guarantee you, women of God, you will look mighty pretty in it. It will make you feel like the queen that you are. Men of God, you looking mighty fine and muscular and tough in your robe. Looking like a warrior when you have the robe of righteousness on. Open your Bibles to Isaiah, the 61st chapter, and the 10th verse. 
Isaiah 61, 10. Hallelujah. Katie must have turned right to it almost then. Isaiah 61, 10. I will greatly rejoice in the Lord. My soul shall be joyful in my God. For he has clothed me with the garments of salvation. And he has covered me with a robe of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with ornaments. And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. You have been promised a royal robe. And Jesus Christ paid for that robe. He paid for that robe on Calvary so that you can understand you're accepted, you're loved, and you are in the finest clothes that you could ever put on your body. The robe of righteousness. I love knowing whether I feel it or not, I've got that robe on. No matter how rejected life has made me feel, I've got that robe on. And what does the word righteousness mean? It means in right standing with God. I need you to hear that. You are in right standing with God. That's why the Apostle Paul says you can run boldly up into the throne room and say, Daddy God, I got a problem I need you to fix. I need my light bill paid, and I'm sure that's nothing to you when you light up the skies every night. I need some money for my bills, and I'm sure that doesn't bother with you because in, in Psalm, the 50th chapter and the 10th verse, I mentioned it earlier, it says you own cattle on a thousand hills, and you own every beast that's in the forest. God owns it all. And we go up there just like this, like, can you help me? Your biggest desire is like a happy meal to God. And he, some of y'all just got it. It's not hard. It's not hard. People in America are so impressed with people of great wealth. I'm not impressed with them because my daddy owns it all. And you wait and see what we get in heaven. Come on now. And he helps us down here. Can I get a witness here? You are in right standing with God. You're not in a courtroom of heaven and shackled like I see these women in Pender County Jail because they've committed a crime and they don't have a mama or a daddy to pay the $200 to bail them out. And they're brought in there shackled. You can hear them chains hitting. And sometimes as Christians, we act like we've got on an orange coat and we in prison when God said, get it off you. You don't have to beg me. You don't have to be in fear. You got on the robe of righteousness. You can ask me for what you need and I'm going to hear you. I don't think you heard that. God hears our prayers. I saw a saying recently. 
that we should pray such big prayers and pray so often that when we get to heaven, God says, I'm glad you up here because you warned my angels out down there. Now think about that. Think about that. You got a robe. The enemy knows who has that robe on. And he's scared of you. The enemy knows who belongs to Jesus and who belongs to the world. The enemy knows who's pretending to be a Christian and who's the real deal. I'm telling you, you don't have to cower. Prove him. If you're a tither, and I'm sure everybody's a tither. Can I get a witness? I'm sure if you're a member of Global River, for every dollar you make, 10 cents comes up in here. And every 10 you make, a dollar comes up in here. And every 100 you make, $10 comes up in here. And every 1,000 you make, 100. And every 10,000, 1,000. And every 100,000, 10,000. And every million, 100,000. I mean, that's right, 100,000. <laughs> Math was not my best. I thought, Holy Ghost, help me to remember this. That's not in my notes. But when you're a tither, and I have people say, well, I can't afford to tithe. If I had it, I would tithe. I said, you a lie. They're like, I said, if you can't tithe off of $15, you'll never tithe off of $15,000. You got to start where you are. You got to start. And don't be condemned about that. That's liberating time. Can I get a witness here? When you understand God's not punishing you. He's not mad at you. He accepts you. He just wants to bless you even more. Can I get a witness? And then you say, okay, I love holding up my tithe. And say, Lord, I'm so excited about this because your word says you open in the windows of heaven and you've got me and my husband and we're believing to get completely out of debt this year and we're tithers and I thank you for it. I mean, think about it. He said he would do that, didn't he, Bishop? And he's not holding it against you. You're not cursed if you haven't tithed. You just aren't going to get the blessings he's got waiting on you. You get up to heaven and there's a big warehouse right behind your mansion. And you're like, what is that warehouse? And the angel says, I hate to tell you. But remember all them times you didn't tithe, all that was going down there. But we had to keep it up here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's amazing. That was good. Can I get a witness? I, that had to be the Holy Ghost. But you are accepted by God. Look at your neighbor and say, you got a beautiful robe on. I remember the gold American Express used to advertise all the time. And it said, membership has its privilege. And then that made all of us that couldn't get an American Express think, man, they got all these privileges and I don't. You know, that's what they all want you to do. Feel bad that you're not them when really they need to be feeling bad. they not you. Can I get a witness here? Do you understand? Wearing the robe of righteousness has its privileges. And you can write these scriptures down if you don't believe me. When you have the robe of righteousness on, you have instant access to the CEO of the universe, and his name is King Jesus, Jeremiah 33.3. And when you ask him something, he said, I will answer you. 
Ask, and it shall be given, Matthew 7 and 7. Seek that you may find. Knock, and he said the door will be opened. You have instant access to the CEO of the universe. You have unlimited resources. Philippians 4.19. You already, I know you got the 50th Psalm and the 10th verse. Unlimited resources. You have power and authority over the spiritual forces, the demonic and Satan and all his demons. You have spiritual authority over them. 2 Corinthians 10, 4, Luke 10, 19. You have authority. You don't have to pray all night to tell a demon to get up out of your house. You just say, open the front door in the name of Jesus. Get out of my house. You have trespassed. You have angels to protect you and assist you. Psalm 91.11 and Hebrews 1.14. I studied behind a theologian, a Southern Baptist theologian, and he said Christians do not even understand they have angels on their side fighting for them. And here's the scripture for it, Hebrews 1.14. We have a right to charge angels. Who wouldn't want that kind of access? Can I get a witness? Our membership sounding pretty good to me. I don't know about you right now. You have spiritual weapons. You have spiritual clothing. And I need you to hear this one very clear. You never have to carry guilt and sin again. 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. And I've had people be legalistic and say, I don't know if, um, Jennifer, I don't know if I confessed everything. I said, honey, I couldn't confess everything or I wouldn't have time to preach. You know, I did a lot of bad for 31 years now. At 62, I would have had 30 years saved, but I did a lot of bad. I said, so don't you let the enemy beat you up. I said, we know when we mess up. Can I get a witness? I yelled at my son the other day. I said, son, you can make a nun cuss, but I thank God I'm saved. And so I went to him and I said, David, I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that to you, honey. I know you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You saved and sanctified. You're a great man of God. He's looking at me, mom, preachers. I said, I know, but I have to say it out of my mouth because I wasn't really feeling it. But if I say it, I'm going to believe it. Can I get a witness? He said, you are too funny, mama. But I'm telling you, if God highlights your sin, when you get born again, it's all under the blood. You don't have to say it. It's under the blood. But if you've done something since then, just say, Lord, I need you to forgive me. I know I messed up, and I need you to forgive me, anoint me, sanctify me, and let me not do that again. And he says, I like that. They're being real. You don't have to do this prayer Heavenly Father, I say, Daddy, I messed up. I'm a preacher. I can't preach without the anointing. I ask you to forgive me, and I'm a blonde. You know I forget sometimes, so I need you to really forgive me, Lord. I beg of you. And I said, you have to. You gave me your word on it. But you do it in humility. But when you think of it like that, isn't that a good feeling? If God's highlighting something. Ask forgiveness and quit doing it. Well, I can't quit doing it. Well, that's a lie. Deuteronomy 30, 19 says you choose every day of your life, life or death. You're going to keep sinning? 
you're going to keep having death. You're going to live for Jesus, get forgiven, you're going to have life. Who wouldn't want those kind of privileges? And you don't get a bill. (laughs) It doesn't come in the mail. American Express. It's time for your yearly renewal. I remember when I got my gold American Express, I thought, this is so nice, till Dave got the bill. He said, what in the world do you think we're the Kennedys? What are you doing? I said, please forgive me. I've asked God. I'll pay it. I'll pay it. You know, it's crazy you get up in that. You don't want that. You want to ask God for it. Don't pay an extra 30% on everything you buy. Ask God for it. Let him give it to you. Ask God for your children to get scholarships. Ask God for you to get a refinancing refi. Y'all know what I mean. Can I get a witness? I am not a banker. But ask God. Ask God to pay your house off. Be bold. I said, Dave, I'm believing for the house to be paid off this year. He said, that would be a miracle. I said, well, we serve a miracle working God. He said, you got that right, baby. I'm in agreement. I mean, seriously, you got to have agreement. Who's the couples? Stand up right fast. That robe covers both of you. That robe covers both of you. And when you come in agreement with your spouse, there is nothing more powerful than that. When you come into the room and you say, Honey, I feel led to pray this tonight. Will you come in agreement? Your saved spouses say, yes. And women, those men are the head of our houses. Dave Costell's the boss at Costell Lane. Can I get a witness here? I know better. And when I try to go up against him, the Holy Spirit said, you better back down. Because you know we women want to go up against our men. Am I the only person that's ever had to do that, admit that? I'll admit it. You, you better put your hands up, women of God. Making me look like I'm unsaved up here. You know we battle it. And then the Holy Ghost gets a hold of us. But you come in agreement. Ask God for some amazing things this year. 2021 is going to be the best year you've ever had. Don't you believe the media? Don't you believe anything except this word? And according to this word, every morning at 12.01, we are under new mercies, Lamentations 3, 22 and 23. And that robe's covering y'all. It's still beautiful. It's still amazing. And when you come in agreement, forgive your husband, forgive your wife. You knew we weren't perfect when you married us. Don't act like that. Can I get a witness? Love on them. Come in agreement. Look at them babies back there. That's how I, I need all y'all to do that. Come on, women. Put your hands across your husband and make him feel special. That was precious there. There you go. Having a marriage conference tonight. You can be seated. <laughs> Praise God. Y'all can be seated. Now all the single people stand up. All the single people. Come on. Y'all ain't married. Stand up. Come on. Come on, Michael. You good looking thing. You for Jesus. Stand up. There you go. There you go. She's married in heaven. Married. I'm telling you, just because their spouse is in here doesn't mean Pastor Tom's as married as can be. Y'all want to see a bear, y'all better stay. Don't get too close to him, women of God. 
But all you single people, you got the robe from your daddy. You're covered in the robe of righteousness. You come in agreement with what the word of God says over you. You are covered in the robe of righteousness. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you are still wondering why you single. Because the enemy sees that robe. You're not being rejected. You're being protected. That was good. You're not being rejected. If they ghost you, they a demon. A ghost is a demon. Young people use that. They ghosted me. What? My daughter said, he ghosted me. I said, he's a demon. She said, Mama, that's not what that means. I said, well, don't be saying no ghosting. <laughs> but you, you waiting on a Boaz. All the Bubba see that robe on you. They said, baby, we can't afford all that. Can I get a witness here? Uh-uh. God has got you. You have the robe of righteousness on you. You may be seated and don't hurt your robes as you're sitting down. We'll end it with Romans 8, 15. Romans 8, 15. I love this scripture. Romans 8, 15. Such a powerful, powerful scripture. I loved, let me bring your memory back to when King David said, I've been adopted by God. Romans 8, 15. It says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. As Christians, we don't fear that robe of rejection anymore. But you received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. That is Aramaic, and it can only be translated, Daddy. Daddy. You have a daddy. You have a daddy in heaven that's looking down on you. And he wants you to realize that you are his favorite child. And he loves you. But you don't know what I've done. It doesn't matter to God when you ask forgiveness. I can go into prisons and preach to women that have murdered women. Paul murdered Christians. And he said, there is nothing in my account against God. Because he knew he was forgiven. And God wants you to know, when you are a child of God, I want to present salvation tonight. Billy Graham said something very powerful. He said that he believes 80% of people that have walked the aisles to get born again are not. He said, because when you're born again, you have had a life change. When you are born again, you're not comfortable getting naked and fornicating with your girlfriend when the Spirit of God is within you. Your flesh may want to act up, but you can't do it. And if you do, you feel so bad you have to. That's how you know you're born again. 
what you used to do that didn't bother you when you get born again. You're like, oh my goodness, forgive me, Lord. That's a life change I'm talking about. If you can't look at your life and see a distinct difference before Jesus, I could drink like a sailor, I cussed like a sailor, and I was covered in activity of the spirit of whoredoms. After Jesus, I didn't cuss no more. I know that's usually the last to go. So if you're still battling, saying a bad word, then it's all right. Ask Jesus and get some dawn, clean your mouth up. No, I'm kidding. But I'm just saying, sometimes that's the last to go. You know what I'm saying? I just cussed so much before Jesus that I didn't have any more to say, okay? But I wasn't getting drunk. Come on. I was a different person because the Holy Spirit came to live inside of me. That's salvation. Don't believe. Don't take a chance. Is COVID-19 not taught us people are here today and tomorrow they can be gone? But if they're born again, they up in heaven waiting on us. So with every eye closed tonight, and those of you listening, I just, as, as an evangelist, my heart is to make sure people are born again. And like I said, we know it, don't we? I knew when I, I got born again a thousand times before I got born again. You know what I'm saying? So if tonight, and, the, and there's no condemnation. This is the most liberate thing in the world. Pastor Tom prays all the time. Let them be born again. If they're not born again, let them be born again. Don't let them sit in my church and not get born again. So if you're not sure of your salvation, this isn't nobody pressuring you. Nobody's looking around. All the eyes go back down again and close your eyes. And if you want to be sure, maybe you want to rededicate your life tonight. And you want to make sure that you are born again. That when you close your eyes tonight, if you didn't wake up, you would wake up in heaven. If there's any doubt, just put your hand up. Not, Jesus is going to see it. And it's a done deal. I see that hand. Praise God. I see those hands. Praise God. Praise God. All over the place. Hands are going up here tonight. People are getting born again. Don't miss your moment. If you're unsure, put your hand up. And let's get this right tonight. And then I want the whole church praying with these amazing people that have given their lives to Christ tonight. Repeat after me. Say, Father God, I come to you now and surrender my life. I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I'm trusting you, Lord, as my personal Savior. I believe you died on that cross and you were in the grave three days and you came out alive after three days. I believe in you, Jesus. Tonight is my night to come into the kingdom and I will serve you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. 
Amen. I need y'all to stand to your feet and celebrate. We have people that are born again in this house tonight that put on the robe of righteousness for the first time. For the first time. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, God. Look at your neighbor say, I got a robe of righteousness. Righteousness.